Hi guys, my name is Crystal. I am originally from the Netherlands, but I live in Palestine. I went for the first time to Palestine when I was 29, so that is already 13 years ago. And I came on an olive harvest program and I completely fell in love with this country, with the place, with the people, with its history and its beauty. And of course, I also was touched by the reality of the life of Palestinians under military occupation. I came back to volunteer for one year and then I fell in love with my current husband, uh, with whom I am married now since seven years. We have two beautiful children, Louisa and Hadi, and we live uh, in Beit Safafa, which is between Jerusalem and Bethlehem. It's a bit complicated because our house is on the Jerusalem side of the wall that Israel built, but it is on the West Bank side of the official border between the state of Israel and the West Bank, about 200 meters uh, on the east side of that green line, as they call it. We run a cafe and a bar in Bethlehem, and our children go to school in Bethlehem. So that means that we cross the military checkpoints every day in order to go to work and to school and to come back. Well, that has changed a little bit over the past month, obviously, because of the coronavirus. And we have been through a lockdown almost since March of this year. But uh, our life is on both sides of the wall. I studied uh, to become a tour guide first in the Netherlands. I was a tour guide for many years. And now I am um, in the second year of my program at the Bethlehem Bible College to become a tour guide here, a local tour guide. And I'm learning so much about the history of this country, so much about the beauty of it, the geography, the climates, all the biblical stories, all the Islamic stories, all the Jewish stories that are related to this place, that I felt that it would be good to show everybody through my stories and through interviews with people who live here the beauty of Palestine. Hopefully, one day when the world opens up again, you will want to come and visit Palestine and you will want to come and see the beauty and fall in love yourself. Hi everyone, my name is Zaid Hilal and I am from Bethlehem, Palestine. I work as a musician and as a teacher in Edward Said Conservatory. I have studied music, uh, singing, Arabic singing in Birzeit University. And uh, now I am doing music, independent music. Uh, we'll talk today about Abu Samra uh, with my colleague Vivian Sansour. And I hope you like the podcast. <music> I'm Vivian Sansour, and um, I am a woman in love with many, many seeds and many people. And I work with seed conservation as a result, and I work in the art world. I work with musicians who are brilliant, just like Zaid. And um, I'm from Bethlehem. And it's the place that I love and I strive to um, keep alive. I invited two very 
wonderful people that I've met over the past years. We met the three of us two years ago when the group Shy for All came from England to do some performances here in Palestine. They had reached out to me to see if I could help them in setting up some shows that they wanted to perform here. And they were really interested in learning some Arabic music, in playing with local Palestinian musicians. And since my husband has a bar and he has a good connection with the local musicians, we came up with a plan. Uh, They traveled around, they gave several shows. And then we also met a lot of the musicians here. One of the other things we did was to learn more about the reality of life here. And also we visited some artists. And then we went to Elbir Arts and Seeds, where Vivian Sansour told us about the Heirloom Seed Library that she runs. And as we were there, the musicians started to improvise because they do storytelling and music. So they thought, hmm, here's a beautiful story. And we have musicians who can do beautiful music. And that turned out, after all, to become a beautiful song produced by Zayt Hillel. So on the show today, Vivian Sansour and Zayt Hillel. Do you guys remember when was the first time that we that the three of us sat together? Maybe this should be part of the podcast, I may say. Oh, are we? <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> just wanted to make it casual that you will not uh, become ah, nervous. Okay, yeah. Okay, sorry. So, d- does anyone remember that when we last met each other, the three of us? Because that's pretty uh, special moment today. 2017, maybe. And it's the- weird because we all live in the same small place, and it's really Bethlehem is not that big. And then we're all so busy that we hardly have that chance that we really sit together and run into each other. Well, I used to travel a lot before this uh, (laughs) crisis, so I take responsibility for that. Um, And I think one of the blessings of this sitting still is actually getting to know the people that I thought I already know in my life, uh, who I never spend time with. Like, I never spend time with, so I feel like... I'm getting to spend time with people I love that I have been missing out because I'm rushing all the time. Like Bahat now. Like yeah. We, we take walks sometimes. We never used to do no, that. No, I, and I, I even think that because of this whole situation, I thought that I should start make podcasts because, you know, what else can we do? We don't have work as tour guides. We don't have anywhere to take people. There's no people. I don't know. What do do, do musicians do now? I invested in uh, the home studio uh, ah. and I started to do my own music. I yeah. think that was the challenge the first uh, few weeks, actually. I was like bored. I didn't feel like I uh, I'm do something like for real. So I just invested in the home studio and that was the, the real challenge. And I, uh, here I am. And then you started recording and then recently you recorded the song that we want to talk about today. Abu Samra. Yeah. Well, actually, that was the last time we sat together, the three of us. I think mm. it was the first time also. Mm. The first and last time. <laughs> the three, the three <laughs> well, of us. was the second time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you came with a group of people. Do you remember? Zaid, yeah. And uh, I didn't know Zaid, actually. Ah, you didn't? Mm. I, I, knew Zaid, I knew of Zaid, but I didn't know Zaid. I didn't know Zaid, like if I saw his face right? yeah. mm. so 
uh, when we sat together and uh, your friends kept asking questions about, you know, my work with seeds and uh, I started to tell them the story of Abu Samra. Uh, and then they were like, oh, you know, let's tell the story. And we started improvising and I love improvisation. And then all of a sudden, Zaid just busts out with his voice. Yeah. And I'm like, who is this? Do you know? What I, is this? I found this on my phone and I am going to have you listen to it because I don't know if you remember this. So let me go back to the beginning because it was about two years ago in April that the British group Shy for All came to the to Palestine. Yes, and uh, they emailed uh, me because somebody that knew me told them, "Well, if you go to Palestine, you should connect with Crystal because her husband has a bar and maybe she can help you set up some gigs." And then they said, well, we want to perform some shows, but in the same time, we want to learn. We want to exchange, we want to learn Arabic music, and we want to learn more about Palestine. So I said, okay, the part of learning about Palestine, I can, I can help them with, but music, I don't really know. So I asked my husband, who is the most reliable musician you know that I can ask to be helpful? And he told me, you have to ask Zaid. <laughs> Remember? Yes. And we sat together and we planned the whole thing. And then right before they were coming, you remembered that you had to go abroad. <laughs> Did oh you remember God. that? Yes, I, that was so, so, I uh, felt so shy. But in the end, you did spend several days with us. And yeah. they came and they did shows. They performed a show that they made about the Belfort Declaration mm. and about how the British were actually responsible for giving away Palestine to the Zionist movement. And in the same time, they, were, they wanted to learn about music and they wanted to learn about the land. And that's how we ended up going to your place, the Heirloom Seed Library, but you were still downtown in Beit Sahur at the time at the, what was it called? In Beer Arts and Seeds. Arts and Seeds. Which yeah, what was that? Exists as a, it still exists even though the, we called it El Beer because the location in Beit Sahur, when we rented it, uh, it was right next to uh, a well. And you know, in Arabic, El Beer it means the well. And I, I love St. Mary and it's actually St. Mary's well. So I was really fascinated by this. I'm fascinated by also the power of water to create culture. Mm. And so it was really magical for me when I discovered that we are on top of a well mm. and St. Mary's well of all wells. Mm. Um, yeah. And so... Since I am obsessed with seeds and I love imagination and I started this project with uh, Ayed, who has been my partner in this work, um, we decided to call it El Beer Arts and Seeds and I, and I love this combination. Because he's an artist, right? He is yeah. a painter, yeah. So yeah, we started this studio space that has both art and seeds. And it still lives on, even though we've moved from Beit Sahur and we're in Batir. 
I understand now that the work sort of doesn't have to be committed to a location, but the arts live in the fields, they live in the stories we tell, they live in music like the music Zaid created. Uh, the seeds inspire us. They are living beings living with us. And we're what what is it that are that you say I'm so obsessed with seeds? I don't think I'm obsessed oh. with seeds. <laughs> uh, I think I'm obsessed. Well, I am obsessed a bit. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> or that's maybe because be I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm obsessed with magic, mm. and seeds provide this magic because. They are this thing that is very alive, but kind of uh, fools you into thinking they are dead and dry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you put them in the ground and you you poof, have like uh, a vegetable, a lettuce uh, from something that looks like dust. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this little, like if you've seen seed uh, seeds of lettuce, they're very, very small. They're almost like, Um, dust particles mm. and you put it in the ground and all of a sudden you're crunching on a green leaf and it's becoming part of your life but so is the sun rays they're also becoming part of your body and part of your mind and the fact that seas are the product of human imagination actually and the relationship between human and nature and this, this kind of amazing cohabitation and co-evolution so and for people who are not familiar with the with hair heirloom what does that mean so heirloom as Heir? I say. well i mean heirloom if you're i guess <laughs> if uh, you're dutch, British or dutch. <laughs> uh, but anything that's kind of passed down and this is the why you know it's called heirloom it's something that has been passed down through generations uh so it, i mean it could be like you have an heirloom watch that someone has given in the family mm. over and over again and we call these seeds heirloom seeds because they have been literally passed down to us uh, by our grandparents and our ancestors even way before people we remember like our grandparents uh and so they still alive so the seeds themselves are our ancestors and what makes that so special from other seeds then well it's special because obviously they were developed through quite a rigorous process so these seeds didn't just appear domesticated seeds that we we basically eat their crops today were Many of them, most of them, have been something in the wild that farmers who are both artists and scientists who apply imagination and observation have like decided that they're going to not have like collectively, but somebody dare to imagine that some wild grass would someday become a wheat. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was something wild, and then they kept selecting and selecting, and through this long process of selection uh, we have the wheat of today and we know that it works so a seed doesn't exist on its own a seed exists within a culture within a system why did our grandparents decide they want this sweet not another wheat yeah maybe this sweet uh, makes better bread maybe this sweet uh, makes better feed for the animals uh, there are many reasons and that's why seed diversity is very important mm-hmm. because the different varieties were developed for different reasons and so these seeds are very important because they offer us uh, well first of all they have worked for thousands of years 
and we know they work. Uh, second, uh, they can reproduce themselves. So when you have an heirloom seed, you know if you take seeds from the crop, you know that next year you're going to have the same crop. Yeah. So you are, you know, you're kind of guaranteed that the same characteristics you want are still there. So you're not getting some other flavor or other looking thing. And uh, thirdly, they are very disease resistant. They have been developed for this microclimate. And so they, they, as farmers say, they know the soil. And this is also really important, even though like I love the poetics of it, like oh, the farmers say, uh, this seed knows the soil. Um, it also means that this seed has over the years co-evolved with this soil. And so that's really important to understand like for me, like in Arabic, we have the concept of al-ishri, which is um, cohabitation of mm-hmm. sort. But we say, like, if you shared bread with someone, that you have ishri, and you need to honor that. Uh-huh. Which means that you've shared something very precious together, and you need to honor this relationship. And I feel like this relationship between seed and soil is really, really precious for for our grandparents, it's, it should be precious for us, so we should take care of our soil the way we take care of our seed because the seed doesn't exist on its own by itself. So yeah, these uh, seed varieties are important for many reasons and obviously a very important reason, which is why we're here sitting with Zaid, uh, is that they offer us the opportunity to know who we are. Yeah, because I remember that when we came into the uh, into the li- seat library, and we were sitting with the the British musicians, and you were telling us about the importance of heirloom seeds, and then we we kind of wanted an example, and you picked up from the table this one wheat, and you looked at it as if you were in love with it. She was flirting with. <laughs> I got this from Vivian, and uh, I wanted this to be in the song as well to flirt, flirt with Abu Samra. Abu Samra, Kahla. Abu Samra, who has uh, beautiful kohol eyes. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I remember that I looked at Vivian and I was like, What's going on yeah, here? I remember this so, so yeah. yeah, and wow, then I didn't realize that because I think then you inspired everyone in making that improvisation and then. Definitely inspired Zayf for making this song. So now I think all the listeners are very interested to know about this wheat. Because we're talking about a, a, a wheat. You call it wheat, right? In mm-hmm. English. And I remember that it had uh, these sort of hairs. And the hairs were a little bit darkish. Yes. And that was what made it... Sp- Ooh, look in your eyes. Mm-hmm. You have Vivian. <laughs> <laughs> she started already to think about Abu yeah. Samra. Um, and Samra in Arabic would be black or dark, right? Yeah. So the Abu, we say it means father. father. So the, the father of black, which is sort of a nice way to say you are dark. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, we have a, a, a very rich... Uh, poetic tradition in Arabic yes. uh, about you know people with whether it's dark eyes, dark hair, dark complexion, and actually it's always been honored as something of beauty to celebrate. Uh, and sadly, as colonization, colonial, ah, sadly as colonization, colonization uh, uh, you know, took root in our minds 
as well as on our lands, mm. uh, we started to think that dark isn't as beautiful. And so the reason I fell madly in love with Abu Samra is that people still call this sweet Abu Samra. And when you say Abu Samra to someone, it's a way to flirt with them, yes, to say, exactly. hey, dark and handsome. Mm. Uh, and so when people said that, I was thinking very much about, <laughs> oh, this dark and handsome. And then when people also were talking about it, I would ask about it, they would always refer to it as a love. Mm. You know, they didn't say the word love all the time, but, you know, there was this longing, there was this, uh, which is reflected very well in, in Zaid's song, because I think Zaid captured very much the story. So you would speak to farmers, older people, about this type of wheat, and, yeah. they, would, and they would remember it? Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't have it anymore. Yeah, most people didn't grow it anymore. Um, they, they, though, remembered it really well, especially like older folks. And, uh, you know, some women I was talking to were like, oh, I remember making bread with uh, this, wheat, this flour, the flour of Abu Samra, the wheat. And, uh, you know, talking about how delicious it was and how nice it was to knead. Um, and then, uh, you know, people from the village would come, for example, where I was in Shawawari and would say things like, oh my God, are you talking about Abu Samra? And that's really the first time I really felt like, wow, we're talking about a, a person. <laughs> and, and, you know, it really got me to think about like seeds as beings also. And they are, we are seeds in the end. Like you are, you, I am we are all a product of, uh, <laughs> of seeds of seed and, and of love of, yeah. well hopefully of love but like definitely of desire you know <laughs> we were not produced uh, except by desire and so um so yeah i mean that day i was like oh this guy this guy was probably in his 50s and when he heard that we were talking about abu samra you know he was like Oh my God, are you talking about Abu Samra? I loved his uh, bread. It tasted like cake. And that's mm. when it dawned on me like, oh my God, mm. people really like love and miss this yeah. this guy. Yeah. And uh, I really felt like, oh my God, I want, I want to, I want to, I want to taste it. And so then I went to the north and I talked to other farmers and this lovely woman was like, Oh, Abu Samra. Yeah, we call it a chahla here. Oh. And chahla is kohal, is uh, the black eyeliner you, mm. that people put on their eyes because they were flirting. I mean, I clearly was flirting with it the way my ancestor flirted. Mm. <laughs> and this woman was like, I remember my husband and I used to grow this wheat a lot. And her husband had passed away and, and she had deep sadness in her eyes. I think she was talking about the wheat, but she was really talking about her husband. Mm. And I understood that, you know, this, this again, cohabitation that we've had with all species around us was something too profound to just dismiss and not bring to the forefront of our conversation. So then I, I started working with farmers to say, let's grow this wheat again. And we did. And then... It was so beautiful to to have also Zaid sing about it 
not just because he captured it, but also because Zaid is also a young person who who really got it. And that meant a lot to me because in all the work I do, I'm always praying and hoping that it will impact future generations even after I die, that, <laughs> that, 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 that new... New generations would also carry the story forward. Had you even heard about it before? No. The first time I've heard about it was from Vivian. It touched me so much and I felt I should like make a song to raise awareness about our heritage. Yeah. Uh, especially like this this kind of seed. It is so important because I have asked many friends of mine. They don't know about it. No. It's such, it's such a shame. But doing a song like this is really important, I think. It what? raised a lot of awareness. Yeah, well, because why would you think that it's so important for people to know about crops? And I, okay, we go to the supermarket, we buy our bread. Because it's like, uh, it defines our identity. Because it's Palestinians famous to be as like growing in our lands. And as we have like uh, heritage music, we have heritage, mm. uh, what do you, you say? Seeds. Seeds. Yeah. yeah. British seeds. So yes, it should be diversity, di- diverse. Our heritage should be so diverse. So I know, I know there is uh, when people are researching the stories behind nature, the heritage in nature. There's a word for it, ethnobotany or something, mm-hmm. right? Mm. So you, I think you're now inventing something, uh, ethnobotany music, <laughs> where you explain botanical music. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you, after we met. We had that one session where we did a small improvisation and then you went home and at some point, how did that continue? I remember exactly after two days, I was like continually like uh, thinking about the song. How should I phrase it? How how it should feel? Uh, I asked a friend of mine, he's called Elias Jirius, and I've told him, uh, called him and told him about the seed and uh, if he has any ideas. And he wrote the, the, the chorus. يا ابو سمرة يا ابو عيون الكحلة غيابك والله معذبنا ايام ماضي وستة وخبزاتها اللي ما في من احلى which means ابو سمرة that has the dark eyes feel sad that you're far away we wish if the old days will come again when my grandma used to bake delicious bread for us and then uh, I like this phrase and I started to hum the, the, the melody and then I called my sister, Hind, come, come, I have, I have the chorus now, I have the chorus now. And I remember I recorded it in a beautiful place where there is an echo. And she listened to it and she felt connected directly mm. to it. And I told her, I need your help now. I feel something will merge now, like will happen. Then I wrote with her the first verse and the second verse that says, إذا الأمل محجوب والشمس بتموت والطير سجين حزين أبو سمرة فينا موجود which means if hope is invisible and the sun is dying and the bird is in prison still Abu Samra will exist in us and also we wrote if the child is hungry and evil rules words become gunpowder still Abu Samra will exist in us so no matter what happens no matter what bad things will happen to us, I think Abu Samra should exist in us by defining our identity and defining life in us. And we should make this uh, like uh, living every day uh, to remember our uh, heritage of seeds. Mm. 
That's beautiful. I think we should listen to the song. Mm. Sing it now. Yalla. Abu Samra, Abu Ayunil Kahla. غيابك والله معذبنا أيام الماضي وست وخبزاتة اللي ما فيه أحلى الشمس بتموت والطير سجين حزين أبو صمرة فينا موجود الطفل بجوع والشرب سود والحكي صار بارود أبو صمرا فينا موجود Thank you very much, Vivian and Zaid, for being here, uh, for talking to us uh, and for sharing your beautiful stories and your beautiful music. If you want to learn more about the Heirloom Seed Library, you can Google Palestine Heirloom Seed Library and Vivian Sansour, S-A-N-S-O-U-R. For the music of Zaid Hillel, uh, you can find him on SoundCloud. He's on Facebook. Uh, Zaid Hillel. I want to thank you for listening and I hope that you will listen to the next episode of my podcast that will be up by next week. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.